Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. This is Pete Becky, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Reconciling Grace. Our panel today includes Steve Wilson and Mick Wells. Our other regular panelist, Vicki Cundiff, is not with us. Uh, she is off on a well-deserved vacation, and we hope that she is enjoying that time off. And we do miss her when she's gone, guys, don't we? Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to have Steve be leading a discussion today. And I've been really looking forward to this because this is one of those topics where I don't know that we're ever going to come up with a, quote, right, end quote, answer. But it's a topic that, Steve, you decided that might be an interesting thing. And as I read your notes and you kind of explained what was going on, I thought this will be really an interesting discussion. So I hope it is. Steve, what have you got for us? And, you know, I have to say, I don't think I came up with this topic. I think Mick originally uh, suggested it for a program, and I kind of pounced on it. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about dreams today. And dreaming or dreams... It's something we all do. We do it every night. Everyone dreams multiple times a night. Uh, and yet we don't talk about it very much in the church. Um, so I thought we could explore that today. First thing I want to do, when I say the word dreams, what comes to mind? Well, I think the way that you've applied it right now is specifically you're talking about what we do at night when when we are asleep, mm-hmm. the things that come through our minds at night, uh, I think that that is a very common understanding of the word dreams. Now we can just keep it with that uh, understanding right now, or I could go to another let's, alternative. Let's, let's branch out. When I say the word dreams, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? Well, that's the first thing for me. Yep. Okay. Now, the second thing is I like to think of, for instance, uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., who said, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and he talked about all the things that he dreamed for the future. But when he was dreaming that, I don't think that that meant that he was going to sleep every night and having those dreams. It was more right. like a, 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 a vision of the way things could be, something that you hope will happen or something that you aspire to. Okay. Anything else? No, I would have to agree with, with Pete. It's got that double-edged meaning there, and we'd have to look at a context to, to hone in on what we're specifically talking about in any given instance. Mm-hmm. So for me, I also think of daydreams, mm-hmm. which could be similar to night dreams, where your mind's just kind of wandering, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, could be, uh, like I said, just stray thoughts coming through. So we've got at least three ways that we can use the word dream. Okay. Night dreams, daydreams, or kind of dreaming about the future. Now, it's interesting, in Hebrew, they only have one word for dreams. It's uh, shalom. It's kind of like shalom, mm-hmm. peace, but it's shalom. Mm. So anytime, we're going to look through some Bible uh, passages, and anytime you see that word dream, it's shalom. But maybe they use shalom to, use, uh, to mean different things. Maybe it did mean dreaming at night, but also dreaming about the future, but also daydreaming, the same way we use it. We don't know, but let's keep that in mind as we uh, continue our discussion. Okay. So the question is, do dreams mean anything? 
Should we be uh, paying attention to our dreams? Should we try to interpret them and, and see what kind of meaning they have for us? Or are they just stray thoughts that once we wake up, we don't have to think about it anymore? Well, I think that um, they have significance, but it, it often puzzles me what the significance is. I think we'd have to look at the, the source, where the, the dream coming from, and then if it's what we call uh, a nightmare, mm-hmm. something unpleasant, you know, we would immediately wonder what's causing that. You've probably heard people talk about their dreams are largely driven by what they eat right before they go to bed, right. you know, right. some chili or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, it definitely impacts us, even if no more than a, providing us motivation to find out what's causing it and what does it mean. Okay. I, I have a quick question for both of you. Um, do you usually, and I, this isn't always, but do you feel like you usually remember your dreams from the previous night? Only if I wake up because of a dream. Okay. So, yeah, like if, if I'm having a nightmare, if I'm having, and we'll talk about this kind of later on, uh, maybe in another episode, but if I'm having a, a dream that that uh, makes me feel emotionally bad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it wakes me up, uh, then I'll remember it. But usually I don't. Well, when I wake up having had a, a bad dream or a vivid dream, um, I immediately... Uh, w- I, I have a grasp of it immediately, but it dissipates. In mm-hmm. fact, I've gone out on the web and looked at this phenomenon, and it appears that the vast majority of dreams, based on the analysis of people who study dreams, say that it dissipates quickly. In fact, mine dissipate within minutes mm-hmm. to the point where all I can remember is it was a bad experience, but I don't remember specifically what it was about it that made me uh, wonder about it when I woke up. Now, there are people who think that their dreams have so much significance that their subconscious is, you know, trying to bring something out um, into the forefront of their mind that they will, they've studied their sleep cycles, they know exactly at what point they're going to be dreaming, and they set a timer. I say, okay, every 45 minutes, if my REM pattern uh, happens every 45 minutes, I'm going to set that timer, I'm going to wake up every 45 minutes, and I'm going to tell my brain, remember what you dreamed. And they can do that. They, they train their mind, okay, you're going to remember what you were thinking about when that timer goes off, and, and they'll you know write out their dream journals, this is what it was, and then maybe they'll interpret it themselves, maybe they'll take it to someone and say, what do you think this means? And they'll hope to gain insight from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have to make a deliberate attempt to imprint it or record it in some fashion. I've, I've had to write things down to, to preserve the memory and uh, repeat it, go over it in my mind, or I will lose it. Now, I'll share with you, I'm, I'm a songwriter. Back in the day, I wrote a lot of songs. Some of them, the tunes, the words, and everything would come into me in a dream. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up, and I thought, that's great. And I could hear it in my head. 
I thought, that is so vivid, that is so great, I am never going to forget it. But the same thing happens. I have literally lost songs that came to me in a dream, and I didn't have a recorder, a hand recorder to record my voice, or I could have sung it into the recorder. I didn't have it, so I took a piece of paper and I put down the note values and the relative movement of the melody lines and so forth. I still lost it. And so imprinting would be very uh, significant unless it's what I call, and it's a whole different subject, a recurring dream where you recognize you've had that dream before and because you've had it so many times, you seem to remember a little more of it. Mm -hmm. Well, similarly, I'm a writer. And so sometimes I will write down a dream that I've had and use that as inspiration oh, yeah. for a fictional story. Right. So, well, yeah. for me, you know, I think the reason why I asked the question about if you all remember your dreams, um, your experiences seem to be somewhat different than mine are. Mick, it's, it's amazing that you said something about the music because I've had that same thing happen to me. Now, I didn't try to write it all down afterwards, but exactly the same thing. You know, I've written a few songs in the past, too. And it would be like, what a great song. And then I, I can't that. remember it. Right. <laughs> um, but I am what I call, and Steve, I use this word on purpose, plagued by vivid dreams. I would say that probably probably about 80% of the time, um, and this has been for my whole adult life, I will have such vivid dreams. And it goes from the point of, Mick, like what you said about, you know you just dreamed and within a few minutes you've forgotten it, to I remember this whole dream all day or even beyond all day. And it seems like the more that I remember, the more physically tired it makes me. I mean, I remember dreams where I was in college one time when literally I had a dream that, and I was a music major in college, a vocal music major in college, and I had a dream that I was singing and, um, you know, having a great sound in my voice like Pavarotti, not the way that I was as a 19 or an 18-year-old. And I woke up and it felt like my chest had been vibrating as though I'd actually been singing, you know, uh, something like that. So maybe mm-hmm. I was actually going through some of those actual singing motions when I was in my sleep. There have been times when I've been dreaming I was riding a bicycle or playing basketball or playing baseball, and I wake up feeling like I've just finished a baseball game or a basketball game, and, and I'm tired. Mm. And my dreams are so different. Now, I don't want to um, monopolize this, but I, ever since we talked about what we were going to be talking about today, I related you guys, to you guys in quite a lot of detail about a dream I had about three nights ago. Let me just, for our listeners, just give a quick synopsis is that one of the biggest um, parts of that dream was I was on a baseball field, kind of standing behind the shortstop area and just having a grand old time. We were having fun. And it was as though I was like on Wrigley Field in Chicago. And I had a baseball hat and I was wearing a baseball uniform and and fans from the left field bleachers would throw a ball out there and I'd have to run and chase the ball. And about on one bounce, each time I would hit it back to them and someone else would catch it and they'd throw it back to me. And we were just having a grand old time. It was just, it was a fun dream. And then the next night I had dreams that revolved around the house that we moved out of about 13 years ago. 
Um, and I, I remember seeing there was kind of like a hole in the wall underneath the foundation and there was an animal in there. And so I decided it's going to take, I'm going to take a hose and try to get that animal out. And at first then it looked almost like it was a, a mountain lion or something that came out. But when it came out, it was a white dog. Now, you know what? We had a white dog when we lived there. And my daughter then got a white dog that lived with us before she got married and took the dog with us. It was a very friendly white dog. And then last night I had a dream that somebody had to give me a ride from somewhere, and I think I was near the Chicago area, which is where I grew up, and they had to give me a ride somewhere, and this this man was giving me a ride, and he was um, a middle-aged man who I'd never met, but he just knew I had to go somewhere, and instead of bringing me all the way home, he started bringing me to his house first, and when we got to his house, he basically passed out, and I had to carry him in the house, and I remember having to walk through the snow to carry him through the house. Now, what do those dreams mean? I used to get all worked up about that kind of stuff. And I finally decided, I don't know. And I don't know that it's going to matter. <laughs> but why do I remember them? It's only probably because I, I knew we were going to be talking about this and I was trying to remember. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. I was trying to remember my dreams for the last couple of nights. And I couldn't. You know, I would wake up and, and maybe have a glimmer of something, but then it would it'd be gone, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, we probably ought to go ahead and take our break for our sponsor right now, but uh, I'm looking forward to continuing this right after this break. And we're back with Reconciling Grace. We're talking about dreams, and I guess, Steve, you've said that the, the title of this particular episode is Dream Sources. Right. And I just got done relating some very specifics and dreams. And Steve, you just said that you've been trying to remember the dreams these last couple of nights, but you just can't. Right. So some people will say, well, your dreams, they mean nothing. They're just passing thoughts. Don't worry about them. Some people find significance in every dream and try to interpret them. And some people say, well, they're just your mind's way of processing uh, maybe what you're thinking about that day, maybe something going on in your life. And so that carries on into your, your dreaming thought patterns. But let's take a look at uh, what the Bible says about why we dream. So the first um, kind of thing that comes to mind is there, there are multiple passages in the Bible where God gives someone a dream. Can you guys think of any examples of that? Yeah, I was thinking of that, too. Um, in Genesis uh, chapter 20, we find an account where Abraham misrepresented his wife, Sarah, to the, mm -hmm. the king as, as his sister. I guess Sarah was a very beautiful lady. At 90 years old, no doubt. Well, yeah. That's how old she was. Then, too. And... and uh, Abraham told the king that she was his sister. In reality, it was he did he was married to his half sister, and it says in the Bible that Abimelech took Sarah into his harem. But get this: God sent him a dream telling him not to touch Sarah because she was Abraham's wife. So that that's significant because it specifically says God sent the dream. We don't mm -hmm. have to worry about if it came from meeting hot chili the night before. Mm -hmm. God sent him the dream, and uh, there's no indication to me that 
the recipient of the dream was necessarily a God follower. He was a king. And God, in his sovereignty, sent this dream to Abimelech saying, uh, hands off, because that's Abraham's wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can think of at least a couple of different times both people are named Joseph. Yeah. Joseph in the in the Old Testament, he had dreams about the uh, the, the the sheaves that were bundled up, bowing down. Bef- or the brothers' sheaves were bowing down before him. The sun and moon and stars bowing down before uh, his star. And then you have Joseph in the New Testament, the uh, earthly father of Jesus, who was told in a dream to take Mary home and his wife and um, also warned in a dream to flee to Egypt. So, yes, I believe that that the Bible does tell us of times when God specifically used dreams to uh, communicate his will. Mm -hmm. And then we have the story of Daniel the prophet Mm -hmm. who dreamed and uh, saw some very strange visions that God sent him. Um, So in those instances, why did God send those people dreams. What was God's purpose in doing that? I think it's obviously to communicate a message. And I was just thinking, now you won't find scripture to back this up, but the dreams in the Bible that I read about where there was an interpretation given by a God follower, Mm -hmm. uh, like Daniel to Nebuchadnezzar, was given a clear, detailed picture of what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed and then given a detailed in- interpretation. There just, there just wasn't any fuzz on it. So it seems to me that the dreams from God, there's no fuzz on it at all. I mean, it's, it's detailed, it's clear, there's full recall, and like my dreams where I talked about they dissipate in, in minutes, I think... God, through the clarity and detail of the message and the recall of the God-sent dream, authenticates the source under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that means that Pete has God-sent dreams every night. Because he he has so much detail. Yes, but at the same time, I do not have clarity that that is God trying to tell me something. It's it's just one of those things where um, I used to, really, really worry about this. You know, I used to try to study this. I used to go try to read about what do dreams mean, things like that. Um, and, and the more that I read about it, the more that I realized that everybody who is talking about it is basically guessing. Now, now to me, one of the biggest things about uh, about uh, technology now is that I think we could probably learn even more about it if I ever wanted to truly, truly uh, get a sleep study done and have them put on those electrodes and see what part of my brain is reacting when and where and things like that. That, that might be able to tell a little bit more scientifically, but Mick, I kind of tend to agree with what you said, that if it's a God-sent dream, that we're going to be pretty clear about that message um, as, as it happens, and we're going to know that God does this. Because as I said before, Steve, I think I said this before we were on the air, is that when the Bible tells us about dreams— and as Steve, you said before, or at the beginning of this program, that we all dream all the time. I think when the Bible talks about dreams, these are specific times when God specifically sent specific messages through that. And it doesn't mean that people didn't just have regular old dreams the rest of the time. And it's significant that someone else was able to say, this is what you dreamed. Mm-hmm. 
So that's definitely God uh, confirming this is the message that I sent mm-hmm. rather than a random uh, thought pattern. Okay. So according to the Bible, the first reason that we dream, or at least one of the reasons that we dream, is that God can use those to communicate to us. Let's look now at the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, it's written by King Solomon. He has a couple of things to say about dreams. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. Yeah, the Word tells us at that point in the Scripture that a, a dream comes when there are many cares, and many words mark the speech of a fool. Okay, now this one, this is a difficult passage because in the context, Mick, as you read, he's talking about dreams and he's talking about words. So we kind of need to wrestle about, okay, how do we interpret this? What, what's the relationship between dreams and words and, and what is Solomon trying to tell us here? So what do you guys think about this verse? Offhand, it, it sounds like he's given us insight that if, if there's a lot on our mind that's preoccupying us and we're anxious and concerned, which is uh, uh, we're warned not to do that elsewhere in the Scripture, but it happens. A dream comes when there are many cares. But I, I can't associate words with that other than to perhaps pose that maybe it's speaking to those who try to in- interpret what they've just dreamed. Mm. To says many words mark the speech of a fool. Well, if you take the dream and say, well, I think maybe it means this or maybe it means that, there's some futility uh, associated if, if the challenge is to interpretate or interpret something that's so uh, flaky and ethereal and, and you can't really get a mental grasp of what you dreamed, if it dissipates, then it seems an interpretation is almost a mood exercise. You know what it reminds me of? It wasn't having to do with dreams, but it reminds me of the friends of Job. They all spoke a lot of words, but in the end, they were really pretty worthless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're saying that dreams could be, they can come about by the cares of life, by the things you're thinking about. Uh, Maybe you're stressing about something. But just like words, they ultimately don't mean anything. Is that what you're saying? I think that there's something along those lines. I think that, that what Mick said is pretty accurate, but I think it also has to do with the fact that different people are different. Um, you know, the more that science learns, um, I know there's some dubious science out there, but there's also some very good science out there. You know, people are living a lot longer because of medical science, things like that. But um, I know that there's oftentimes talking about mental health. And when I'm saying mental health, I don't mean people who are mentally ill, but just simply the fact that we are either healthy or unhealthy in many physical ways, just as we are mentally. Um, You know, we talk about the attention deficit disorder, ADHD, things like that, that we are still learning about. And sometimes that is characterized by people whose thoughts go from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. And I'm not trying to say that I have that, but I can relate to that where where my mind will be on one thing, then another thing, and then another thing. And sometimes, and I have heard this postulated as to what dreams are about, is that 
It is your mind trying to make sense of all the things and trying to file things away for for later use or for it, whether or not you need them anymore or whatever. Now, again, that, that big white dog that I saw in my dreams uh, two nights ago or the man passed out in the car that I had to carry in through the snow, I don't have any idea what those had to do with anything, but... Um, you know, that's the point is I don't know that's always necessarily, quote, cares like it talks about in the Bible. I think what the Bible says is true, but I think there's just a lot of information out there that our minds are trying to process. I think that I, I agree with Pete and what you alluded to earlier when you started the program and saying some people believe it's the mind's way of sorting through things because mm-hmm. the few things I do remember often don't make a lot of sense. I'll be struck by the fact that the main character in the dream suddenly morphs into a different character right. or a different place. And it just is a, a hodgepodge of things that don't make a lot of sense. And indeed, to try to ascribe some significance to it, it is very challenging. But it could be that the more things you have on your mind, the more the body would need to sort through those and file mm-hmm. them into the mental file cabinet. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's kind of get uh, Solomon's summary on dreams here. I'm going to skip down a couple of verses to Ecclesiastes 5.7. Yeah, and it's using some of the same references. Ecclesiastes 5.7 says, Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, Fear God. Okay, now what I want to zero in on that is fear God. Therefore, fear God. In light of the fact that many words and many dreams are meaningless, fear God. What? Why does Solomon give us that last bit of advice to kind of close his, his uh, speech about words and dreams? I look at that and I can see two different uh, ways to look at it. Uh, the first one is... In this particular instance, when he talks about dreaming, I tend to think he's not necessarily talking about the dreams we have at night, but the ideas of the vision for the future or the, you know, what what am I thinking about? What am I aspiring to? And talking and talking and talking about that. I think that that's one of the things where, you know, don't worry about those things. Fear God. Or we can go back to the idea of so many things being on our mind and trying to think about them and at night we're dreaming those dreams and and trying to process all that stuff and the idea then about coming back and saying what do these dreams mean and having all these long discussions about them don't worry about it just fear god i think that uh it's if to use a mick paraphrase of this much dreaming many words are meaningless it says so we're dealing with something that is confusing and something that's very difficult to understand. Therefore, I'm going to defer my trust to the one who does understand why these things are happening and Mm -hmm. what they mean. Yep. So in my mind, I'm taking the two sources that we've talked about so far of dreams. One, we've got the source could be God. Two, the source could be the many cares of life, the stresses of life, the things we're talking about, the things your brain has to file away for later, uh, you know, put them in your memory. And then we read, so keep that in mind, and then we're going to read Jude chapter 1, verse 8, and I'm going to try and connect those things. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. Okay. So what I'm kind of postulating and picturing is that people are having these dreams, and they're, 
misinterpreting them saying, well, I had this dream, and so it has this great meaning, and I have to act on it. Whereas, okay, if God sent the dream, yes. But if you just have a dream, it's meaningless. You're not supposed to act on it. And Jude, in the New Testament now, not in the Old Testament, is saying, well, people have, have acted on their dreams, and it's caused them to do wrong things. Therefore, going back to Solomon, therefore, fear God. If your dream doesn't come from God, all these other dreams are meaningless. Don't act on them. I think that's a great uh, perspective there, Steve. And, you know, we are almost out of time for today's episode. So we have about 10 seconds left. So for Mick Wells and for Steve Wilson, this is Pete Vecchi. And I want to look forward to continuing this discussion next time on Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.